Broadcasting from deep within the great pit of Cartoon, this is the DBAC Discussion Podcast, your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews, with your hosts, TJ Bowser, Jordan White, Logan LeVegg, and Grandmaster Mo. Everyone and welcome to episode 10 of the Do Back Discussion Podcast. This is your host, TJ Bowser. Grandmaster Mo signing on. And it's Myth, the man, Myth the Legend. This is uh, a very special episode. Uh, Myth is one of our writers for the Do Back Discussion Network uh, website, and he will be the one that uh, be writing those articles that pisses all you guys off. Uh, <laughs> I try to. Mary Sue this, Mary Sue that. And Rose is just a token Asian. Uh, <laughs> isn't and, and don't forget Finn, man. Oh, Finn. Finn. Token black guy, everybody. <laughs> token black Yeah, guy. there we go. Uh, this episode, we got some uh, Thrawn news. We got... Uh, here we go. What else? We got, we got some uh, new remasters of the Star Wars soundtrack, new Alien Race and Solo, Lord Dern crap, uh, and some uh, discussion topics. Of course, Logan and Jordan aren't here. They're busy all doing other stuff, but we don't need them. Padawans are not that necessary. All we got are our masters here. So let's talk about the new Thrawn book. Muhammad? Well, I was really excited to finally uh, get a look at this Thrawn uh, excerpt. It's definitely one of Timothy Zahn's... um, you know, it's it showcases his talent as as a writer. He's able to maintain suspense and just the nice conversationalism of it all. You know, um, I think that what what most struck me reading this is the kind of tension that I did not expect to exist between Darth Vader and Thrawn. And definitely, this excerpt helped capture that tension, and it sets it gets the reader excited to read more into it when. The book finally comes out on July 24th, um, not too far away. But uh, yeah, excited to read this, and I bet you are too, Barto. Absolutely, man. Uh, we read the first book, and it was absolutely amazing. Uh, it really showed a good backstory for Thrawn, and it showed his uh, what was it? Uh, his relationship with his interpreter, which really wasn't needed, but I felt like he had a connection with him. Uh, do you know anything about Thrawn, Myth? Oh, I, I read the old uh, Thrawn trilogy. Um, they took some aspects from that and put it in the new book. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Yeah, I, I can, I can see. Uh, I can see what at least uh, build parts. I've seen Rebels, of course. Yeah. Also, so um, I'm all caught up, caught up with that. I actually just finished that last week. So. So but, we- yeah, I, I thought Thrawn was really well depicted in that. Excellent. Uh, so do we, we have a little bit of, uh, the excerpt here describes a little bit of uh, a conversation between him, uh, the Emperor, mm-hmm. Vader, and uh, what's his name? Uh, drawing a blank, Mohammed. What what the hell is it? Uh, the Emperor, Vader, and Tarkin. The, I mean, Tarkin is definitely mentioned in this. I don't think he's present. Okay, he's not present. He's not he's present, present now. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. With yeah, it just kind of shows them talking back and forth. Uh, if you guys want to read it yourself, you can go head over to 
StarWars.com and and read it. Uh, it's it's definitely worth a read, especially if you're a Thrawn fan and you are a Rebels fan. So definitely go give that a a look see. You know what I mean? Now also there was a interview called Meet the Wookiee with Chewbacca himself. Uh Myth, you want to take that over, man? The Wookiee, where's my tab? This one, uh, oh yeah, with um, Jonas Sutuamo. Yes, the new Chewbacca. You know, I, I still, I still haven't got used to uh, him being the new Chewbacca. <laughs> a little shorter, a little shorter. Yeah, a couple inches. <laughs> That's what she said. And vegetarian, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> Yeah, the original Peter Mayhew stood out as staggering seven foot two, whereas Jonas here only is six eleven, short little guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, he's he's in the new solo movie as uh, Mister uh, Chewie, the the Wookiee warrior. You know, uh, himself. I think uh, Peter May- Mayhew's knees kind of gave out on this one, seeing his height and stuff. You know, gravity isn't that nice to those tall folk. <laughs> right. I think Peter Mayhew probably um, did a good job. I mean, you know, you read the article. If they tried to phase out Peter Mayhew so that Peter Mayhew and um, Jonas were, they both shared the role, kind of switching on and off in The Force Awakens, Episode 7. Mm-hmm. And then um, Jonas took over completely for um, Episode 8, The Last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with his... Uh performance but anyway back to this interview here he talks a little bit about uh what it was like to shoot the movie with uh ryan johnson and that and how uh how physical it is to play the the role of uh chewbacca here and uh it's i i guess it'd be hard to play such an iconic character because you'd have that uh that pressure on you right to to to, to, to nail it because there's definitely a certain way that chewbacca moves and, mm-hmm. and I feel like if you didn't nail that, that fans would be able to pick you apart. And if we know anything about Star Wars fans, if you don't do something right, you're going to get freaking uh, roasted about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what they don't talk about in the article is if the, the Wookiee noises or the Wookiee talk is done by Jonas or is it like voiced over by Peter Mayhew? I, I who feel, who I, does the voices? I feel like he oh, opens his mouth and then they do a post. never been Peter Mayhew, actually. It was always uh, the sound... Uh, Sound designer. Yeah, I think we have the noises. The, yeah, his uh, Chewbacca's uh, growl is like a mixture of different animals. Really? Yeah, I've, if you yeah. watch the older, uh, the older documentaries and stuff about the original trilogy, they'll tell you all about that. Cool, cool. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about a little bit of the new Alien race in Solo. Uh, we're excited about this. We are. How many days out are we from Solo? We are 50 days, 23 hours, and 55 minutes out from Solo, a Star Wars story. But uh, anyway. We're not counting. Yeah, no, no, we're not counting or anything. So <laughs> these new species are from Minban. Uh, hold on. <coughs> Damn it. <laughs> they are, what are they called? Minbanese. 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 Yes. Yeah. They look uh, pretty interesting. Uh, I think they look like a Thundercat villain, but uh, that's just. But they, these characters also appeared before in the Splinter of the Mind's Eye, uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye Legends novel by Alan Dean Foster, which was a direct sequel to A New Hope. And uh, yeah, they kind of look like uh, they're humanoid figures. Well, 
yeah, they're, they're humanoid. The part. They have like mohawk type thing going on. They're the runs down their back. Creature. Yeah, they're 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 definitely interesting. They're like, I don't know what to compare. Like them aquatic, to. but not really aquatic. They 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 kind of reptilian. Got on the yeah. Rep- Reptilian, amph- amphibian, almost. Mimbon's like a gaseous, that. muddy planet, right? Yeah. Also, in the picture there, so. if you look in the picture that's associated with this article, on the left-hand side, that looks like a mud trooper. Oh. You see, see what I'm talking about? There was which, recently uh, released the... pictures of mud trooper. Oh, yeah. On the left-hand side, the guys with the goggles on mm-hmm. his head? Yeah, that's a mud trooper. That is a new stormtrooper that we will see. In solo, okay. hopefully, yes. in 55 days. Yep. But who's counting? Now, <laughs> what I really will find interesting about this is that, you know, the whole canon versus legends debate. I mean, this is another example, Thrawn being another example as well, mm-hmm. of Disney being willing to pull from legends um, some characters, some material, and then adding it in, and then canonizing it. Um, yeah. I mean, Leland Chi was tweeted um, at Holocron Keeper. He was tweeted at recently. Um, and then the way that they pull from legends for inspiration, and they're wonder, and the person tweeting is wondering if other characters are going to be um, used to create the new. And then, and I'm quoting the tweet here: the Hologram Keeper responds, "You wouldn't believe some of the legends characters that will be cropping up in various media in the coming months. Hey, if Tag and Bink can show up, anything is possible." <laughs> so it's exciting. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I, I, I actually like that. I mean, I was pretty disappointed when they uh, decanonized the whole uh, expanded universe. And, you know, a lot of people give them flack for, you know, cherry picking. But, you know, it, it's really easy just to completely hate them because you don't like The Last Jedi. And yeah, uh, it's just some of the stuff that they come out with is, is not bad. It's it's pretty good. And especially if you're into the expanded universe and you read the books and so the, the books are done by, you know, individual act, uh, uh, writers. So, you know, they can, they can do a good job of that. Oh, absolutely. I think when Disney bought um star wars they kind of opened a pandora's box like george lucas was much more much more laid back uh, whatever didn't contradict his material was essentially canonized um or considered canon and then um i mean they got they had so much material that they couldn't keep track of it all they just had to like cancel everything so they can maintain control if that makes sense as a corporation that's what's in their best interests you know as a corporation maybe mm-hmm. not in the fans best interest but it makes sense why they would do that I agree. I completely well, agree. Well, from my understanding, there was always a team at Lucasfilm that uh, was back-checking everything, everything right, right, the, in the expanded universe that came out. So unless all of these people are gone now, I mean, they, they should have a really big understanding of what everything is and how the canon works. So I, I guess, uh, I mean, I can recognize there are some, there were some issues, especially with the, uh, the le- in the Legends that Chewbacca died and they didn't want to have him die off-screen. Uh, so they had to cancel uh, at least that part. But um, yeah, overall, I I, I kind of like the the idea of a blank slate because there was a shit ton of actual actually uh, content and and games and everything. Yeah. But they really should get going on the on the creation train because you know the games don't really add much to this point, and you know the books and uh, comics just 
get released so slowly. Yeah. I think they didn't want to be confined by what was already created. They wanted free reign to do whatever they wanted with it. Mm-hmm. You are free to do what you want. Yeah, we're also yeah. getting some remasters of all the first original six uh, soundtracks. You can find them uh, on Amazon uh, for eleven ninety nine a piece, which isn't a bad deal. If I mean, if you are a big fan of the Star Wars soundtracks, you can uh, purchase these. What is it for three of them? You can get it for about thirty five dollars. Uh, not a bad price. Not at all. I, this is long overdue, in my opinion. Uh, with digital definitely, remastering definitely. and stuff, uh, it's definitely worth the investment if you're a hardcore, you know, Star Wars music fan. I mean, I probably personally would just buy Episode One and just jam Duel of the Fates every day of my life, and then Muhammad <laughs> would buy uh, Revenge of the Sith. Oh man, that soundtrack is a great culmination of the previous two, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. It is, yeah. Start your morning off with Anakin versus Obi-Wan. Uh, oh, that's just great. <laughs> I mean, you see the way that um, the Imperial March is slowly introduced, mm-hmm. the more and more Anakin becomes Darth Vader. It's excellent. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah, so if you guys are interested, uh, feel free to, to go on that. Comes out on Star Wars Day, that's May 4th. May the fourth be with you always. Yep, yep. Uh, there's no, uh, there's no vinyl release, unfortunately. And uh, that's. It's what we I mean, I don't, I don't collect vinyl, so it's not really. There's a lot of people out there. That the do. vinyl is so on the rise now in the last couple of years that I'm surprised they didn't actually uh, put it on, put it out on it. Yeah, it's it's very interesting because vinyl's definitely made a comeback. Yeah, I have the uh, Return of the Jedi soundtrack actually on vinyl. But it's not the remastered, of course. It's like the old, um, yeah. original. So, Mo, uh, those blooper reels, bro. Oh, those blooper reels. Uh, I don't know if anyone had a chance, any um, other listeners had any chance to look at it. Uh, but I really enjoyed seeing um, Oscar Isaac, the actor for Poe Dameron, getting slapped by Carrie Fisher upwards <laughs> of 40 sometimes. I mean, it's just great, you know. Um, it's such a serious movie, and there's a couple of comic relief moments here and there. But I do think seeing it, it humanizes the whole story and the production of it, seeing blooper reels. For sure, for sure. We got those in the previous Star Wars movies also. Yes, of course. Yeah, I think blooper reels are always a big part of the, uh, of the of a release. I mean, everybody's interested in them. Everybody wants to see, you know, that it'll, it's, it doesn't just come together in, in one or two takes. You know, there's mistakes and a lot of them are, are hilarious. <laughs> well, I bet this next piece is really gonna get myth going. Actually, let's let myth handle this one. You want right. to talk about Laura Dern? <laughs> Laura Dern. Oh, God. <laughs> Laura Dern, right. Laura Dern is now <clears throat> force sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she she had an interview with Entertainment Weekly, and um, she basically revealed that um, that that she was not only a true rebel in resistance, but. Uh, and a hippie, what, what we call her in our uh, society, but 
she she was actually she wanted to be trained by and led by Leia, who taught her everything she knew, and she wanted to come up in the ranks to support Leia's mission, but also had this otherworldly side that does involve the Force. Um, sorry, Lara Dern, I, I think you mistake Force sensitivity with forced in because of sensitivity. Oh. Uh, expand on that. I mean, if if you really if you really have a character that is force sensitive, you gotta show it in the movie and not yes. just afterwards in an interview. Oh yeah, by the way, she was force sensitive. Like <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta show with something. Like if she uh, when she was held on the fire uh, on, during the mutiny and she had done something with the force that um, that caused that uh, that mist to rise, you mm-hmm. know that, that that tube or whatever that she snapped. You know, it, it would be fine. It would be, you know, okay, then we see, oh, apparently she is, she has telekinesis. But just now when everybody already, well, most people already uh, hate her character arc and then just go back to it like, oh, yeah, you know, she was force sensitive and the force is female. So, yay. It's just. <laughs> yeah, I don't like this whole thought of her being force sensitive. It really has no place in the Star Wars universe, especially for someone as insignificant as her. If they would have swapped her with Leia to die instead of her, then we might have could have seen something an expansion on her character. But she was such short lived and so igni- insignificant in this storyline. I really feel like this entire story yeah. is just ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. I think that there was a lot of potential with this character moving forward, and I think. Probably they didn't want to kill Leia off. They, you know, of course they didn't know what the tragedy that would happen to Carrie Fisher. So we do have the benefit of hindsight right now. Um, but I do think this was potential squandered. For sure. Yeah, definitely. And um, I also I, I didn't read the book myself, but in the uh, Leia novel, um, she apparently had a whole different character, uh, a whole different personality, and then they changed it for the movie so that she was this bashing. Uh, bow down kind of yeah, I have a book called with, Princess, and, uh, Leia Organa, the Princess of Alderaan and, and she's in it as a child yeah she's in it and she's actually a whole different, she has a whole different personality there but then it wouldn't fit in the script so he, he Ryan changed her personality while they just you know released that book like what was it five months earlier or something <laughs> and it's just it does you know, if if you're gonna kill all the other expanded universes because you can't actually make it all canon, or you can live up to everything, but then you have a book and then decanonize immediate it immediately in the next movie, it's like what? Yeah, uh, I agree. Interesting. I wasn't aware of that. So, old Marky Mark's in the news again. Uh, he he talked about. Uh, he talked to IGN, and he revealed that Luke Skywalker was intended to die in Episode Nine under a different, unspecified circumstance. Aside from The Last Jedi ultimately having Luke become one, one with the Force, at the end of the film, the story element that would have nece- necessitated Luke's death was ruled out for an entirely separate reason. <sighs> you guys want to talk about the end of the movie again? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I do think that this piece of information kind of can can push all the ones who hated the fact that Luke died to hell. Because I mean, if in the original, how do I explain this? If in the if originally had Lucas 
George Lucas maintained that he would have killed off Luke anyway, then there's no reason that he shouldn't be killed off in this new, under this new management of Disney. Um, again, it's really easy to hate it on the movie. It's almost a cool thing to do. And I'm sure Joel has um, other ideas, but I do think it, it, this goes to break this idea that Luke is this immortal character that should never be touched. Oh, I, I have no problem with him dying in, in on principle, but I have a problem with him dying the way he did. And especially with Carrie Fisher now gone, I just, you know, she was supposed to play such a big part in the next movie. And now, obviously, she can't do that anymore. And I feel that because they also killed off Luke in the story, it's like it's a big gaping hole. I swear to God, if they fucking put Meryl Streep in there. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was never gonna happen. They already, they already <laughs> said they didn't want to like mess with Leia in a CGI or yeah, with other actors kind of way. They, 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 we're not gonna do it at all. I think CGI it's would be kind stupid, of overkill. Stupid petition. Yeah, they don't even really do that good with CGI. I remember in Rogue One when they tried to put Cushing and uh, Leia in there, and it kind of looked like uh, I, shit. <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I disagree. It looked like shit. It. it it served the purpose. It, yes. uh, it was, you know, just a small. But I feel like shot, that technology isn't shot. good enough to it be okay. used long term uh, throughout a I movie. I thought it was nice to see, but um, yeah, I wouldn't want to see a whole movie with Leia done like that. Yes, just absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, of course not. I, I agree. I agree with what Joel said. Yeah. Uh, I wish Luke would have died during a battle, like in a battle. Like Kylo kills him, and it kind of like secures his spot on the dark side. It's like you killed your dad, you crazy motherfucker. Okay, of course Snoke made you do it. Snoke makes fun of you. You break your fucking sissy boy helmet, throw a temper tantrum. Okay, you're Kylo Ren. You're gonna do that. Then you go after and try to kill your goddamn uncle. Okay, granted we know why because you thought he was trying to kill you in a moment of insecurity. Okay. But the way that they ended Luke, okay, I understand that he died doing a noble cause and he exerted all of his energy doing that force projection thing and everything. But as a fan and as a Mark Hamill fan, I really wanted him to do like a balls to the walls fight, bringing down Star Destroyers, fucking blowing up entire armies, you know. But I, I'm yeah. happy with the character we got. I, I mean, I'm happy with the Luke Skywalker and the take that we got on him because I, did we really expect old man Luke to be that amount of awesome? a part of us wanted but let's be realistic here he's he's el he's he's i want to say he's elderly but he, he's an older gentleman now he's not going to be doing flips mm -hmm. and shit jumping off sail barges and killing job of the hut blowing shit up uh it, it's it's just not the same luke skywalker especially after his fight with his with vader and the emperor uh I, i'm sure like i mean in the movie that talks about him uh shutting himself off from the force and like his struggles with uh you know, kind of being uh, exiled, and then it's it. There's just a lot that goes into like him in training the whole new Jedi Order and his doubts about that, and then that kind of spoiled everything. Whenever Kylo turned on him, uh, I think it, it fit in the story well. He turned on Kylo, yeah. It, it fit. Right. It fit in the. Well, he turned on Kylo, so Kylo turned on him. Uh, but <laughs> I, I feel I feel like it fit in the storyline well, and I also would have liked to see the Knights of Ren show up. But right. because that's still an unexplored part of the story. But are they the Jedi True. that survived that attack? Like, what? Who the fuck? Uh, are yeah, I, he said that. He said that in the movie. He did that. Okay, cool. Yeah, 
he said like uh, and and Kylo killed a couple of his students and then uh, for and then with another with a couple other students he, they formed the Knights of Ren. Okay. Like that. So that's um, definitely a setup for for nine. Um, for sure. For sure. Yeah, Ray training the new generation, but um, I think a lot of the hate that the ending that Luke got comes from the fact that a lot of people who are more probably from the old generations of Star Wars fans who are more attached to Luke Skywalker kind of wanted him to be a main character and they weren't satisfied with him as a supporting character. He had a, he has well, a supporting role. But this this isn't he, about No, Luke. I don't think they they were really angry with the supporting role. I think they were angry with the changes and the uh, in his character that weren't um expected? Weren't actually not not just expected but not properly uh, shown like they didn't really have the feeling from oh okay i ca- i get why he why he turned now because he just briefly says it says like yeah i i sense a darkness in him and this and that and that but <clears throat> fans aren't aren't satisfied with with why that happened and i think that's the biggest issue that they have with it like uh, if if they had shown something like he had visions of uh, of Kylo murdering all the students, and then he first ignored them, and then later on the the vision got worse and worse, and that's uh, why he uh, confronts him and then ultimately uh, attacks him, it's like oh, okay, I, I could see that arc, and it would also reflect really well back to uh, the visions that Anakin had of Padme mm-hmm. and how it triggered him to go to the to the dark side. You know, I think that that's. It would have taken up like five minutes, maybe, but it would have made his character arc at, uh, a lot better believable for a lot of the fans that hate it now. I agree. So, uh, this director and Jedi documentary. Mo? Yeah, I actually had the, the pleasure of seeing it. And um, actually, uh, Joel, I think you would be interested in seeing it, too. Um kind of shows the behind the scenes of it again it's kind of it's a long hello the hello. bloopers hello. makes everything feel a bit more real you cut out there muhammad the whole time oh oh, yeah. oh man uh <laughs> where uh so i had i did have the pleasure of seeing it and i think joel would enjoy seeing it as well kind of uh goes towards um here, what did it, what is it? It kind of goes towards um, humanizing the 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 procedures of it all, mm-hmm. and um, just seeing the behind the scenes of it makes it feel a bit more real. And you know, mm-hmm. it kind of it, it adds to the story and the experience of it all. I think um, it, the the fact that there's like a movie within within they're making a movie within making a movie if that makes sense you have people who have to kind of stay out of the way of the production but at the same time capture the production of it itself um it's it's definitely worth checking out you may have your qualms as i'm sure joel would but then again i i i do think he would overall you would overall enjoy it joel okay yeah i was actually uh i tried to find it on youtube but they took it down almost immediately <laughs> so I have to actually uh, buy it or uh, rent it or something. I'm sure they have some sort it. of leak thing on the interwebs. Yeah. I mean, it's starting. It's, it's startlingly honest. It shows the insecurities of um, 
Ryan Johnson, which I think humanizes him a little bit, um, or at least complicates it. So it's not like people can view him as this guy who ruined Star Wars. It's just not as simple as that. He had some ideas, some worked out, some didn't. Um, but the honesty of it all is really what cap what's what's capturing about it, especially the relationship between Mark Hamill and Ryan Johnson. They capture some of the dynamics of it, and the honesty there is just um, it's great. It's really great. The process of everything. You're really mm. great. Yeah, it's a shame he couldn't actually uh, he couldn't actually keep that honesty after the film got released and just. Like now, when he gets when he has criticism, and there's literally one every three or four days, there's another article with him talking about it and just ignoring everything and just acting like it's uh, it's on the fans and like the fans are just uh, stupid fanboys and and like he doesn't own up to any any of it. He doesn't he doesn't uh, apologize for any of it and. That kind of rubbed me the, the wrong way. Like J.J. Um, Abrams had some things that he confessed, like oh, I wish I'd done that differently. And and Ryan Johnson is li- just like, no, no, the movie's perfect. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, I and have a you question. Have strong feelings, don't you? Yeah, I have oh, a yeah. question, Mo. Uh, <laughs> we got a message yeah. on the website the other day from a guy by the name of Moby One Kenobi. <laughs> uh, and he asks. Is Logan actually gay? Now, would you know anything about that? Um, I don't think he actually he actually is. Of course, there's no problem if he is. You know, we do live in the 21st century. Um, I think the ambiguity of it all kind of is 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 refreshing. The fact that um, you know what I mean. He doesn't want to classify himself as either or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was looking through the uh, the email the other day, and I was like, "Huh, this says Moby One Kenobi." And then I looked at the email address, and it looked really familiar, like oh, really familiar. Because you'd think if someone was going to put something like that, they try to mask their email address. Was it Logan? No, I believe it was by the name of Muhammad Abu Ghazala. Oh, sounds like a jerk. Yeah, total jerk. What's an asshole? <laughs> what an asshole? Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get to some discussion topics. Some of that juicy, juicy. Anyway, let's talk about the similarities between Luke Skywalker and Ezra Bridger. Hmm. Well, they're both Jedi. Can you consider hmm. Ezra a Jedi? In training, well, yeah. Okay. I think if you consider Luke a Jedi, you can consider Ezra a Jedi. I feel like they both came from similar uh, origins. <clears throat> Granted, Ezra knew his yeah, parents, they, they Luke did not. Parents or the, the, their, uh, yes. their guardians. Yes. Uh, right. uh, I believe they both came from uh, abandoned, like some sort outer, of yeah, outer, yeah, rim outer rim territory. Systems. Yep. Uh, they, similar training. They both found themselves in in a band of um, rebels. rebels. Yep. <laughs> so would you just kind of got thrown in there uh, maybe they had uh, they both had run-ins with Vader oh yeah yeah they did uh, run-ins with no. the Emperor what I think is most defining of the similarities between them or the parallelism between them is that they were both you know they both didn't have parents both longed to have a parental relationship Maybe in Ezra, it was a little bit more because he was younger than Luke. But both were offered that opportunity. 
Yes. Uh, we know, in, yeah, um, if you guys remember, you know, Luke was offered, you can rule the galaxy, we can rule the galaxy as father and son. Uh, Vader offers him that. And then Ezra has the ability to, you know, leave everything behind and go experience the childhood he should have had with his parents. Um, but of course, through the dark side and through abandoning what they believe in. And they both resisted. You know, unlike Anakin Skywalker, yeah. they both resisted and were able to triumph as heroes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and they both lost their masters uh, in front yes. of them. Yes. Also. Yeah, that's true. I could you, could um, by saying this, hmm. could you agree that Ezra is the new Luke for this era? For this, for this next yeah, generation, I mean, oh, yes. he also started out with a blue lightsaber and then to, and then got a green one, green, if I'm yes. not mistaken. Did he start hmm. with a blue one? Yeah, yeah. yeah Ezra, right. uh, later on uh, in the later seasons, has a has a green lightsaber. Yes, yes, that's true. I think that's definitely on purpose. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to do that other than to draw more parallelism. And I think yeah. I think that's a good point to point out, Joel, because. As TJ was just saying, I think this new generation will look towards Ezra the same way older generations look towards Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can, I can totally see that. Uh, what do you, what are you thinking on the, um, the sequel story of Ezra? Is, is there going to be one? Uh, are they going to make it? I is sure hope so. Or? I hope hmm? they explore him more in, in uh, Resistance. Uh, well, uh, I mean, at the end of, of Rebels, then he's he's gone, basically. Maybe, uh, he maybe. He took Thrawn somewhere. He does survive, though. He does survive. Um, that means Thrawn survives. Oh, yeah. Leave it alone. Uh, huh? Uh, and he's, and the uh, the other ones are going to search for him, like Ahsoka and... Um, I'm sure they will. What's her name again? Sabine. Sabine. Sabine, yeah. Sabine Wren. So I'm I'm really interested in that story actually. I really want to see where that where it goes. It's definitely interesting. Uh so let's go to the next topic, which are what are the faults in the Jedi Order? Mo, you got a big old uh thought process on this thing. Tell me about it. Right. Um as I've mentioned plenty of times before on this podcast, um and off the podcast and just private discussions, the politics of of Star Wars is really what got me hooked. Um, you know, a lot of people do it for other reasons. For me, it was, it was the political, you know, commentary that I find. Um, so the, and this is something that I'm working on for an article for the website. So stay tuned listeners, um, is the faults in the Jedi order itself. I mean, there's just so many layers where I think the first instinct of someone who watches star Wars is, you know, the Jedi are the heroes, the Sith are the villains. And, you know, that's basically true. But when you watch them again and think about it, you kind of see the the way that the Jedi kind of set the Sith up to take over. I mean, they're defending a very corrupted system for no other reason than it brings stability. Um, Stability in cases of oppression um, kind of screws everybody over in the end. I mean, we see through the Clone Wars and through other material the way that a lot of systems, while not sympathetic, to the Trade Federation and the, you know, the Confederacy also weren't all that sympathetic towards the um, the Republic, who kind of only cared about core systems or mid-rim systems and neglected the outer rim systems. Um, 
But I mean, and kind of, I don't know what you guys think about this, but kind of the way they were dicks to Anakin. <laughs> like they were, I mean, like he's nine years old, right? This kid just, he just got out of slavery. His mother is still enslaved. And he's like, I miss my mom. And they're like, wow, loser. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, and then he goes to Master Yoda. He's like, dude, um, so this person I love is about to die. Yoda's like, suck it up. He's not even like, <laughs> your feelings are valid. He's like, who cares, man? Uh, grow up. I mean, I don't know. And that just pushes him into the arms of Palpatine, who kind of is a fatherly figure. He never really got a fatherly figure, even from Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan takes him on pretty young. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's more like Obi-Wan, a brother figure. Exactly. Father figure. Exactly. He says, you've always been a brother to me, Anakin. Exactly. You're exactly right, Joel. So he never got a parental figure except through Palpatine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the faults is the stigmatization of feelings. It's like they, um, they try, they don't just try to, uh, to devoid themselves of feelings. They, they really induct, well, they, they really train their Jedi to, uh, not feel, not get, not get attached at all. And, you know, once, you know, of course, Anakin does actually have those feelings and does get attached. Like they don't, they, they're not able to help him because they don't have any experience in, in the matter. And, you know, for, for an order that basically has these, uh, these superheroes, uh, around, you'd think that they, they'd have some, some guidance there. They'd be able to, to feel like okay, this is gonna go the wrong way. Uh, we should help him straight through, uh, through to the path. They're not able to to because they had never had any uh, any issue with that because they were trained from so young and they just don't know anything uh, anything other. I feel like uh, their nat- uh, nativity was uh, a big part of their uh, downfall because I feel like that they had a really big uh, ego built up around. Like, we're the Jedi Order, we're, we're this all-powerful guardians of the universe type thing, and they weren't, they were focused too much on what was going on outside of the Order, and not focusing on what's going on on the inside, because they allowed themselves to be completely taken advantage of, and played played against each other, with uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan and that stuff, because the Emperor was able to sneak through them. I mean, a goddamn Sith Lord was able to s- slip through their fingers and completely take over the entire <laughs> Republic. So if you want to talk about problems, there's a really big problem about them just not paying attention, and being by, being naive about the whole goddamn situation. Not just that. I mean, you do sound a lot like Luke Skywalker. I'm just saying, um, <laughs> but it's it's naivete and it's um, it's hubris a little bit. It's 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 definitely a type of arrogance. First year, first year. So, uh, what did the mirror cave in the Last Jedi mean to you? Hmm. I mean, there's a lot to say about. There's a lot to say about this. Um, I think it shows that there, there, she was going through um, this process where her whole life is leading up to this answer that she's trying to find, um, you know, what happened to her parents. And then the fact that she sees herself in the end um, as her answer shows that she knew all along, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've, <clears throat> we've talked about this before. Uh, <laughs> but I see, like, whenever... She's looking down and she sees all the reflections of herself. Uh, then she looks into that, like that ice type thing, uh, 
She yeah. sees two people and she asks, asks, asks who her parents is. Parents are, sorry. What the fuck is wrong with me? Ask who her <laughs> parents are. And she sees two figures. And as they get closer, they meet into one and then she sees her reflection, which means she knows the answer to that question she just asked. She is just, what, what too afraid to answer it herself? Is that a good? Yeah, I, I, I think that's a safe bet. Um, so she wants them to be more than than they are. And obviously they aren't. And so, um, the, the mirror back is like, you know it already, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I, I feel like that hole kind of like represented the dark side on Octu. Because, um, like, as, uh, did it? Yeah, I, I, because remember whenever Luke was talking about, uh, was, uh, do, Ray was doing that thing with Luke on the rock, and he said, did like the like he showed her what the force was and everything, and she immediately mm-hmm. went to that hole, and he's like, "That's scary." You immediately went to the dark side. Yeah, but how did it actually depict the dark side? Because you know, in the in, in, okay. in Luke's cage, cave, the uh, light you can't see just him exist. Going in, the light side of the force can't just exist. Like, no, of course, of course, but I mean, how does it actually show the dark side? Because uh, uh, when, dark when Luke goes into his cave, you see him. Uh, you see, uh, he sees Vader, and he fights him, and then this you know, is it, that it version. Shows him that you can, you can become uh, you can become Vader if you don't. This be is careful, the parallel. This is Ray's parallel to that scene. It, yeah, of course it is, but there's no depiction of the dark side there. It's just like, oh, who are who are my parents? You know that already. But from what Luke said earlier, what, that that is the, that, that. that is that 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 symbolized the dark side on the island, like Snoke said. As darkness rises, light does to meet it. So there yeah, is you're a, not getting what I say when I'm like you don't understand I, how I, that there's no, how the that cave is linked to the dark, dark side. side. You're breaking up a little, so we can. Well, we're talking over each other, so that's gonna happen. You, <laughs> yeah. From what you're saying is that you un, you don't uh, you don't understand is how that cave is connected to the dark side, or how that represents it. No, I I just don't see how it how it shows the dark side. Oh. I don't think it shows the dark side. I think it kind of shows, like, it, it represents the dark side on the island, and it makes her, whenever she enters that cave, it makes her ask a very personal question. It shows attachment at the end of the yes, day, does it not? it shows attachment, which is something that hmm. is, yeah. it shows weakness, which would lead to... The dark side. The dark Fear side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate, hate leads to, to suffering. suffering. Okay, right. we got our answer. <laughs> I, I, I can live with that. Gr- cool, cool. Good old Grandmaster in for the save there. Uh, thanks, Mo. Uh, for our last discussion topic, this is going to be a little... We, we talked about it earlier, but we're going to talk about a little bit more in depth this time. Should fans engage Legends materials, since it isn't canon? Should we still go back and read those books and accept that information? Uh, Joel? <laughs> Oh, well, um, yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Because first of all, it's such a rich universe that just it, at this point, the canon uh, universe is just lacking in content. So if you really want to uh, get, to get your hands Star on Wars content, Legends, Legends is the way to go For sure. at this point. Um, but also because like 
for me, I don't really care about this trilogy anymore. And because <laughs> I don't care about the trilogy anymore, I I'm basic, I basically feel like, you know what? They decanonized it. I'm recanonizing it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're looking forward more to Solo than you are Episode Nine. Yes, actually. Okay. I mean, as Makes much sense. as I want to want to uh, distance myself from Disney, Disney Star Wars, it's just like at least there's something there that I feel is is intriguing, can be intriguing if they do it correctly, and I would I'm willing to give it a, an, an open mind uh, viewing and base every every review of every movie on on the movie itself and not just all the all the past stuff. Yeah. So oh, and. Sure. What oh, you- Donald Glover, man! I just I love Donald Glover's uh, Lando already from that little snippet in the in the teaser trailer. I think that that, that he's just spot on. Oh, for sure, for sure. I think um, just adding on to what you said, um, I think that just because it's legends doesn't mean it didn't happen. That's to right. Be honest with you. And also, like the legends canon or the legends um, arcs are so deep and so well-written, most of them, not all of them, but most of them. And, you know, if you really hate what they did to Luke Skywalker, then go to Legends, and you have a perfectly perfectly good Luke Skywalker there. And That's he's right. not inf- infallible. He's not... He's not uh, you know, he, he doesn't fail. He doesn't... Uh, he does not fail. He, he, he has his struggles, and... It's it's so well done, and there's so many stories in there that just give me goosebumps. At least Lucasfilm has something to pull uh, future content from, you know? I yeah, think. of course. I think they will. Yeah. Oh, they definitely will. It's, it's just such a goldmine of wonderful, wonderful stories that if they didn't, they're stupid. <laughs> What's your guys' favorite Legends content? Uh, Thrawn? Uh... The the solo stories and the uh, the X Wing uh, series. Oh yeah, my X-Wing god, series. the Rogue Squadron series! <laughs> wow, man, eight the eight, these eight books. Oh, and so I also uh, the Tales from that's series by that Anderson guy. The Tales from like the Tales from Jabba's Palace, Tales oh, of yeah. Bounty Hunters. Yeah, I have those books, and I think they're wonderful. And I love how they shows the origin story of IG eighty eight. Oh, that's in there. Oh, it's in the Tales of the Bounty Hunters book. I believe it's the first chapter in the first story. Actually, it mm-hmm. is. Uh, it shows like it tells it like from his perspective of like activating and like seeing all these other ones and them escaping from the thing and murdering everyone. It's like pretty crazy. Oh, and don't forget all the uh, the old Republic stuff. That's also oh. legends now, yeah. and <laughs> there's some gold there as well. Absolutely. So. Thank you guys for joining me on this impromptu podcast. Uh, this is actually the second time we recorded this episode. The first time we recorded this episode was just Mo and I, and I kind of fucked up the audio by having the, my mic turned up the whole way, and it sounded like I was screaming into the microphone the whole time. But uh, <laughs> thank you, Joel, for joining us. Uh, we'll probably have you on here yeah, again. Yeah, no problem. Uh, we appreciate your input, and you definitely have a different perspective on looking at things, especially in the Star Wars universe, and we appreciate the work that you do for the network, and Everything else that you contribute, you. Uh, Mohammed. Yeah, sure, Joel, you're great. Uh, no, 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 I, I loved having Joel. Um, I definitely hope we have him again. His cynicism is kind of refreshing. 
That's right. It's better than uh, <laughs> Logan's douchiness, and it, it does bring some balance to this force, doesn't it? Right. Me, me, and TJ, like you can do anything. We're like thumbs up. Right. <laughs> kind of. I kind of agree with everything, and then Joel is here to bring me back down to earth. <laughs> <laughs> I'd really like to see Joel and Jordan go at it. Oh man, that would the battle of the. We need to play battle of the heroes. <laughs> it's like the anti-hero versus the elitist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's excellent. Sure. But anyway, uh, that'll be all for the episode ten of the Do Back Discussion. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, you also can visit us at dobackdiscussion.net. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we have a YouTube cha- uh, channel called Do Back Discussion. You can on our website. You can uh, contact us, meet us a little bit, uh, read some fan fiction, read some articles that is updated daily. Well, at least we try to. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yep, feel free to contact us at any time yeah. and listen to our podcast. We'll uh, be back every week. And I'm also planning to do uh, a lot of fan film reviews, so if you're interested in that, just uh, stay tuned. Excellent. Thank you, man. Well, that's yep. uh, that's TJ Bowser signing off. Grandmaster Mo signing off. And Myth signing off. Bye-bye! Bye-bye! <laughs> <laughs>